Welcome to 10 Minutes, a breakout investor podcast. Today we are talking about Smith Micro, ticker SMSI, with Mark Gomes, Aaron, Florian, and Brad. First, a disclaimer no one on this call is an investment advisor, and no one is providing investment advice. Before investing in any company stock, you must do your own research. Supporting materials for today's discussion will be posted on the Breakout Investor Discussion app, which is located at app.breakoutinvestors.com. The application and much of the research content is free. After registering and logging in, use the search bar at the top right of any page. Type in the ticker and the results will give you a link to the research post with this podcast and the other discussion and research relating to today's company. Now to our topic, Smith Micro. Mark, could you get us started? Sure thing. So what's attractive right now about Smith Micro is that they've established a dominant position for their family safety platform by buying their largest competitor. Uh, the family safety platform can support any number of emerging IoT devices, which is hot now due to the emergence of 5G, uh, which enables subscription growth for them along multiple dimensions. Now, pre-COVID, Sprint was their key customer. And even though they were just getting started with Sprint, that relationship enabled a 10 cent quarter and an $8 stock price for Smith. Now, as we exit the COVID crisis, we see that Sprint has been acquired by T-Mobile and Smith has inherited Verizon as a customer by acquiring its chief rival. Now, T-Mobile and Verizon are five times bigger than Sprint. So you can imagine the upside relative to the $8 share price it had with Sprint, uh, it had, you know, with uh, Sprint as its key customer. So, you know, looking at these customers, the commoditization of phone service is creating a situation where these carriers need new services like Smith's family safety platform to sell its subscribers. And research indicates that both of those carriers intend to push this product aggressively. So the stock is down right now because they issued shares to buy its rival, creating the opportunity for investors to buy the stock for $5 which I believe can be 15 by the year, by the end of the year and 25 sometime next year. So Mark, by the end of the year? Absolutely. What kind of news is going to drive it up to 15? That's three X this year. Well, I believe that the rollout of the T-Mobile family safety platform is coming within months, if not weeks. And uh, that should generate some excitement around the opportunity not just with retail investors, which was traditionally the audience, but now institutional investors with Smith uh, garnering a quarter billion dollar market cap and uh, a seat in the, in the Russell 2000. I think the story is, is fairly well known. I think a lot of folks out there are just waiting to see the start to roll out. So, um, you know, I, I believe there's great potential in terms of the operating models that people will build on this stock to see how much leverage uh, they have and how fast EPS can grow. Uh, it also, amongst retail investors, has meme potential as people start to see this product in real life um, and the various IoT devices, any number, one of those devices that come out as they roll them out uh, has the potential to generate excitement around this, this company. So I think the actual fundamentals, the earnings that they uh, can garner next year and uh, the future potential for this product which you know, when you get into the carrier space, once you get in, you don't get ripped out. Uh, presents this as you know, potentially a, a decade or longer 
opportunity. I will just say that if, uh, you know, if it gets to $15 this year, I'll most likely be out of the investment at that point, unless I see something different. But you know, I love uh, Smith Micro. I just think that would be getting ahead of itself. But I, I, I'd like to go back again. Uh, it's a it's a big position for me, so I'm not saying, but you know, but if it triples, uh, but go back to what you talked about, why you think that, um, and explain to us why you think that both carriers, both T-Mobile and Verizon, are going to be aggressive um, in terms of uh, pushing the the product to their uh, customer base. Sure, I'll give you one quick statistic. Uh, for the average carrier, if they issue a hundred dollar bill to you in a given month, their net income on that is about $3, 3% of the revenue. I've spoken to carrier executives, not from T-Mobile and Verizon, mind you, former carrier executives, CFOs, that tell me that uh, you know, when they look at a product like this, which can add three or more dollars to the bottom line for each client that they sign up. Now think about that. If you can add $3 to the bottom line for each customer you sign up, you're doubling the profitability of, of an individual customer. Now, in the world where we're getting increasing, you know, Wi-Fi calling and Google and Facebook and any Amazon, they they want to give uh, they want to give us internet service that we can call people with. The carriers know that the writing is on the wall. They need to lock in their customers with as many services as possible uh, to ensure their future. And what do you think, uh, you know, as it relates to, I know one of the big concerns is, is pricing. I mean, we, we know that Verizon got a pretty good deal, uh, as, as you said, because once these uh, companies are uh, doing business with the carriers, it's hard to rip them out. And so I think, you know, it sounds like Verizon sort of undercut Smith uh, to win, you know, to make it so that Smith couldn't win organically. But what about T-Mobile? We still don't know the, we still don't know the details of that contract, and what, where are you thinking that lands, and why? Yeah, and it's hard to say where that where that ends up, right? Uh, but the important thing is that you have to realize that Smith is the only game in town now. Um, not only are they the only game in town, but uh, from my research, it was I determined that Verizon wanted Smith to acquire location labs, its chief rival, because that was an incumbent at Verizon. And Verizon really, as I stated earlier, um, would have a daunting task to rip it out. They wanted Smith Micro's platform because it's new, it supports IoT. It's something that can expand greatly the number of dollars that they get from each customer. Imagine each device, whether it's a watch or a dog collar, uh, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, innumerable devices out there. Um, they wanted that to be supported. So because of the connections to the backend IT systems of the carriers, they wanted Smith to buy them out, okay? So that tells you how important this platform is. And now that Smith has Location Labs under their wing, the IoT capabilities and the years and years of development behind it, not only from a software development standpoint, but from a gaining of trust with the carrier's standpoint, which cannot be understated. Smith, once they get in, it's just unlimited opportunity because of the number of new devices. And each new device they add to the platform is more revenue, right? So this is something where it can go from something that's $7 a month to $70 a month over time. So whatever they have to give up on the front end, is more than compensated by the fact that these carriers are going to be the one shouldering the load 
and letting them know, hey, you know, customers seem to be wanting this device next, add it to your platform. And it only takes them about a month to add a new device to their platform. I want to back up uh, Mark here. I mean, if, if his thesis is right, if they find themselves with Verizon and T-Mobile and those two platforms aggressively promote, I'll go with his five times the uh, market uh, penetration, market size, population of, of customers compared to Sprint. If they really get that engine going, the, the business is, is, is wildly scalable. All of their investment, their heavy investment is going in place right now. They've got to put the systems in place. They've got to hire the engineers to, uh, to, to, to build the applications. Uh, the marketing is going to be on the carriers. And if uh, it, it could feed on itself. The, the more success they have with uh, selling, the more energy they'll put into uh, getting more, uh, a, a greater percentage of customers to pick it up. And that's going to really scale on the software platform. I can see you know, some explosive upside. But Mark doesn't tell us the fact that Verizon just about renewed with others before they basically forced Smith to buy it out. Doesn't that tell us how just how much force the carriers have against all these small companies? Like absolutely, a absolutely. Uh, and and it, this goes back to the point I made about Smith having a dominant position in this space and their ability to double or triple or more the amount of net income that they generate per customer. So this is where it's a game of chess, not checkers. Smith getting in with these carriers now makes them virtually impossible to rip out, which makes it uh, a barrier to entry for other um, potential competitors. Nobody's gonna rebuild what Smith has spent years building knowing that they have no way of getting into the carriers. Uh, because Smith has, has the top carriers in the space. So getting in is, is really job one. And after that, it's an, uh, an expansion uh, situation. So, you know, we had a situation, we had uh, under Smith, under Sprint, they were well on their way to putting up 40 cents worth of EPS. This is 5X that they're dealing with now. So if we get to the end of next year and investors can see a path to $2 of EPS on a subscription software model, you tell me where the stock ought to be. But it's 5X only if the pricing is the same, if Smith gets the same cut. No, well, it's only 5X revenue if Smith gets the same cut. But remember, this is an operating model that has a high amount of leverage. So even if they only get three times the revenue, they could get five or more X the EPS. So I want to go back because to what, the, Aaron, what Aaron said. He, uh, he, he said if it gets to 15, it's going to be ahead of itself. I think uh, Mark is looking forward to that leverage in the business, and and maybe he's right. Why why would um, if if the business is showing that kind of future, why would it be ahead of itself at fifteen? I know Aaron that you know you and I have talked about it. We think if everything goes right for the company, it could be a twenty or thirty dollars stock. So I just wonder if you want to revisit that or expand upon what you uh, what you said when Mark. Uh, saw fifteen dollars this year. Yeah, I mean it's really just a matter of of timing, and I just don't think that the uh, fundamentals at this time are going to justify in most people's mind by the end of the year a fifteen dollar price. So it's really just a matter of again me thinking I, the I, price I, getting ahead of itself and thinking that the market at some point is going to, if it goes to that level, 
based on what I think they're going to do this year that it's likely going to retrace a little bit. I, I give that to you on a backward looking in the sense that, right, the fundamentals will not support that kind of evaluation this year in arrears. But if they are hitting and those partners are marketing, uh, people will be, in, they'll, they'll be discounting the future and the future is going to be supportive of that kind of evaluation. Yeah, I agree. And, I just don't, I just don't see it in that short time frame. And I, I mean, but what, you know, we'll see. I mean, if, if, if I see both T-Mobile and Verizon pushing the product, then I'll probably change my mind. But, uh, you know, I just, I'm, I'm just not sure we, with Smith, I just think a lot of times we've seen things are a lot slower than we expect with the carriers. That's ab- that's absolutely true. But once we see these carriers roll out, we do have the past experience of Sprint uh, in terms of knowing how fast these things can roll out. And obviously, this time around will be quicker because members of the Sprint crew are at T-Mobile and uh, they have passed as, as experience to move things up. Um, yeah. The last thing I will and- say, from, uh, from the standpoint of the stock's ability to move, um, the stock has had 100% plus runs uh, on multiple occasions uh, in a six month or compressed time frame um, therein. Um, the stock went from a dollar 67 to seven dollars in nine months uh, back in 2019 and in 2020 it went from about 350 to seven dollars in in less than um, that time frame. So the, the ability for it to move that way uh, is there. Uh, but to your point, you know, if uh, if it runs to 15 quickly based on retail investor excitement uh, of some sort, then, you know, pullback could be a place. But if it's an orderly progression to that level driven by institutional excitement over the future uh, operating leverage, then um, it's a different story, in my opinion. That's 10 minutes. Thank you, guys. We are Breakout Investors. This podcast is meant as an easy on-ramp to understanding today's company and the research and collaboration we do. Please join us for discussion on this podcast and for other breakout ideas on our discussion platform at app.breakoutinvestors.com. Neither Breakout Investors nor any of its affiliates makes any representation or warranty, express or implied, as the accuracy or completeness of the statements or any information presented by this podcast and any liability, including respect to direct, indirect, or consequential loss or damage, therefore is expressly disclaimed. The views on this podcast expressed are those of the speaker and not Breakout Investors. No one on this podcast is an investment advisor and no one is providing investment advice. Before investing in any company's stock, you must do your own research. Thank you for listening.